0: This message is brought to you by DoNotAge.org, the longevity research organization that's on a mission to extend health span for as many people as possible via products that actually work. Start your journey today at DoNotAge.org and use code LLAMA for a 10% discount. That's L-L-A-M-A. Anti-aging is kind of like a search term or a category or a hashtag, but it's not a term that I fully endorse or even understand because I don't quite know how to quantify it as a biochemist. Now, if you ask me, you know, does nicotinamide riboside reduce oxidative stress? I can measure that.
1: Hello and welcome to the Live Long and Master Aging podcast. I'm Peter Bowes. This is where we explore the science and stories behind human longevity. Now, we've talked a lot on the podcast over the past year about diet and exercise and the crucial role that they play in our general health and potential longevity. We haven't delved into the world of supplements and anti-aging products that may also help us live longer. And healthier. Well, today we're going to change that and focus on something called NAD, a compound, according to much scientific research, that has the anti aging properties or youth restoring properties that many of us would like at least depending on what you read. NAD is an important component of all cells and cellular function. There has been much media coverage of so-called anti-aging pills, products that act as chemical precursors to NAD. Well, I'm joined by Dr. Charles Brenner, who is the head of biochemistry at the University of Iowa. He's also a founding co-director of the University of Iowa Obesity Initiative. Dr. Brenner is a world-renowned authority in this area he's also chief scientific advisor to chromadex which is a dietary supplement company based here in california and it is from their office in los angeles that we are doing this interview dr brenner welcome the Live Long and Master Aging podcast. It's my pleasure to be here. It's good to see you. We'll get into what NAD is and I know this is quite a a complex area so I'd like to really break it down to a level that well that I can understand at least. But maybe just talk about you to start with. Uh, Where did you go to school and uh, what is your background certainly that led you to this point in your career and and your interest in, in longevity?
0: Well I trained, I did my PhD at Stanford and uh, did my postdoc at Brandeis University, started uh, my independent faculty career at Thomas Jefferson University in 1996, and uh, moved to 2000 th- in, in 2003 to Dartmouth College, Dartmouth Medical School. And I was sort of minding my own business working on an enzyme. Uh, the enzyme performed the last known step in making NAD. The central regulator of metabolism. Actually, before we go any further, I mentioned it, you mentioned it. Tell us what NAD is. Yes. NAD, it stands for nicotinamide adenine dinucleotide. It's the central regulator of metabolism. So in every cell, in every tissue, metabolism is the sum total of the processes that convert our food, our protein, fat, and carbohydrate into ATP energy. That converts our building blocks into novel proteins, into hormones, lipids, new cells, DNA, RNA, protein. Metabolism is required for every organ system to function, for the kidney to work, for the heart to beat, for the brain to have an idea, for the peripheral nerves to feel, for the skeletal muscle to flex.
1: So it is essential to Every, pretty much every function of the body, and
0: it is a component of every cell. NAD is a component of every cell. As you know, uh, metabolism declines in aging, and uh, metabolism is also dysregulated by a number of stress conditions. And both aging and stress conditions depress metabolism, and that's where we think the value of boosting and restoring NAD is. I often see NAD referred to as NAD+. What, what is the plus? Right, so that gets into some technical stuff. There's really four forms of NAD coenzymes. Uh, coenzyme refers to a molecule that is not consumed in the process of performing its biological function. And so NAD+, cycles back and forth to NADH. In the course of oxidizing fuels, NAD plus is converted to NADH. NADH is reoxidized to NAD plus in order to make ATP. And so when we are born, levels of NAD are high. And as we get older, they
1: they drop quite dramatically, don't they? Yes.
0: So uh, it's been uh, reported that uh, tissue... Levels of of NAD decline substantially over the course of of our lives. But even more strikingly, there's a number of conditions of metabolic stress, including DNA damage, time zone disruption, oxidative stress, uh, sunlight damage, overeating, overnutrition, alcohol exposure that lead to a declining NAD. And there's disease processes like heart failure and neurodegeneration that attack NAD. What's time zone damage? Time zone disruption. So jet lag, essentially, or when you start working a night shift, um, there's a circadian function of NAD. So NAD rises and falls over the course of the day. And if you put yourself in a different time zone, then your NAD is out of sync with your digestive function, your cognitive function, your sleep cycle, and so forth. So if we deliberately perhaps go against the, the natural way of
1: things, and as you say, if you're doing lots of night shifts, or if you're working, burning the midnight oil, oil regularly, that could have a, a negative effect on our NAD levels.
0: Um, it can. And um, we find from animal systems that uh, overeating uh, attacks the NA, what we call the NAD metabolome, Uh, depresses uh, the body's natural resistance to reactive oxygen species, Um, alcohol metabolism uh, centrally affects NAD. And so many of the inevitable stresses of life, including sunlight and oxygen, affect NAD metabolism. And what is the main reason as we get older that the levels fall? Is it because we just don't need as much uh, no, we do need as much NAD as we age. And it's an active area of research to figure out why it is that our NAD is degraded. It appears to be a combination of reduced synthesis of NAD as well as increased consumption or turnover of NAD.
1: Does that apply to animals as well?
0: It, we, we know more about NAD in animals than we do in people. We probably know the most in uh, the mouse system, the yeast system, and in the worm system. But increasingly, we're finding that uh, discoveries that are made in, in animals are translatable to the human condition.
1: And do levels of NAD in animals, let's say rats and mice in the laboratory or fruit flies, Do levels fall at the same rate as you see levels falling in in human beings? Or are we as humans doing something to ourselves, drinking alcohol, working
0: late at night, all these negative external factors that is causing levels to drop more quickly? It's, It's hard to make a generalization on that because our animal models are inbred. And so there's less variability in animal models. There's tremendous variability in human populations in terms of our genetics, our lifestyle, and so forth, but um, we, we, we now understand that um, uh, o- over-nutrition, so eating uh, too much and uh, probably not uh, eating, eating late at night and not getting enough exercise and not getting enough sleep and time zone disruption all dysregulate the NAD metabolome and thereby uh, depress our ability To conduct intermediary metabolism, uh, thereby reduce our resiliency against DNA damage, and uh, make us more susceptible to the declines of aging. So is it fair to say then that our levels of NAD are a key determining factor in the aging process? Uh, We we believe that's true. We can certainly um, very strongly support uh, healthy aging and, and healthy function in animal systems. And uh, there are a lot of clinical studies uh, ongoing right now in people that are addressing the, the uh, degree to which we can translate this to the to the human condition
1: and do you know i don't know whether there's the research have the the rate at which levels of nad fall in human beings has it changed over the years and what i'm getting at is lifestyle as as we know it now a key determining factor as opposed to perhaps how we lived well maybe just 50 or 100 years or
0: way back in the hunter-gatherer age (coughs) potentially Uh, right potentially so um I was just at a meeting in in which there were some data uh presented um suggesting that eating late at night and you know not not uh getting uh completely hungry is dysregulating nad metabolism so there's a lot of things that we can do now like um experience jet lag or overeat that we couldn't always do through human history so it could be that we are in fact stressing nad metabolism more In a modern lifestyle than we ever did before now this
1: is maybe a a, a bigger question but clearly aging is a natural process we all age and eventually die so i suppose what i'm wondering is is it therefore not a natural process for nad levels to to drop as they do as we
0: grow older um it 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 is um, to some degree an inevitable process and a and a natural process um you know there's a term uh, s four letter word happens, right and um that's the word these days we don't we don't use yes and, <laughs> uh, of reasons right and um so uh, o- over over time there are there are events um that we all experience in which we um you know catch an infection or we experience time zone disruption or we get more sun than, than we would have liked, uh, in which we're exposed to DNA damaging agents. Certainly, as we live longer, we're going to experience more of those events. Um, but I think that it's, it's a reasonable goal, just as people want to remain fit, lean, and, and active, to try to uh, retain optimum organ function and vitality. And we believe that boosting NAD is one of the keys to aging better. Which brings me back to you at Dartmouth College and you
1: made a a discovery, a a very significant discovery.
0: Thank you. Um, So we were minding our own business working on an enzyme. Uh, The enzyme uh, performs what was thought to be the last step in making NAD, the central regulator of metabolism. There was a great deal of interest in NAD because NAD is not only a coenzyme for intermediary metabolism converting fuel into ATP, but it's also uh, what's called a consumed substrate of enzymes called sirtuins, which have a role in longevity and mediating the calorie restriction benefits to longevity. uh, NAD is a consumed substrate of PARP, poly-ADP ribose polymerase, which has a role in sensing and repairing DNA. NAD is a consumed substrate for generation of calcium mobilizing second messengers. So there's a real uh, renaissance in interest in NAD metabolism. Uh, There were a number of research groups that uh, postulated that NAD was the central uh, uh, sensed substrate in a, in a yeast cell for mediating the longevity benefits of calorie restriction. And they essentially started knocking out and overexpressing genes in NAD metabolism to see if they could get a longer lived yeast cell. My approach was a little different. Essentially, I didn't accept the received wisdom that we had all of the genes and enzymes in order to make NAD. And in the course of looking at that pathway, we discovered nicotinamide riboside, a third vitamin precursor of NAD, and we discovered the N-R kinase pathway, um, a third way that, or actually a fourth way, that um, uh, yeast cells and human beings can make NAD. So there's, uh, there's an amino acid, tryptophan, that can be converted to NAD, and there's two classical forms of vitamin B3 called nicotinamide and nicotinic acid, which we've known since 1938, are NAD precursor vitamins. And in 2004, we showed that NR, nicotinamide riboside, is a third vitamin precursor of NAD. It has a unique biosynthetic pathway, and it's a particular valuable form of vitamin B3. It's not identical, to the other forms because the nr kinase pathway is on in every single cell and tissue in the human body whereas the ability to make nad from tryptophan or nicotinic acid is tissue specific it doesn't work in every single tissue high dose nicotinic acid causes a flush reaction flushing in which your face gets hot and red Um, high dose nicotinamide actually inhibits these sirtuins, these enzymes that play a role in longevity. Whereas um, cells that are stressed, um, many cells that are diseased or stressed are turning down the ability to convert nicotinamide to NAD. Many cells that that are stressed and diseased are turning up the NR kinase pathway. And we've shown Uh, recently that in heart failure and in neuroprotection the nr kinase pathway the genes are turned on and that's what makes nr a specifically valuable form of vitamin b3 to boost nad in times of cellular stress so
1: once you begun to fully understand nr and its impact what, what did
0: you do next in terms of as i was testing the theory Our first uh, animal model was actually obesity and type 2 diabetes. And there has been historically in this field a great deal of focus on uh, boosting the activity of sirtuins. And in fact, in 2007, we showed that we could extend yeast lifespan uh, with NR, with nicotinamide riboside, activating SIR2 and uh, extending the lifespan uh, of yeast. Um, we never claimed that we could extend human lifespan with, with NR because I think that human lifespan is much more complicated than, than uh, yeast lifespan. Um, and, of course, extending lifespan doesn't necessarily translate to a good health span. No, no. Extending uh, you know, uh, age-related misery would be a bad thing. Um, but um, I- I'm actually kind of an impatient uh, person. So I don't usually do that many uh, aging experiments. And what I like to do are experiments that focus on metabolic stress. And so our first model addressed obesity, type 2 diabetes, and diabetic uh, neuropathy. And we found that if we gave uh, NR to mice that were overfed, we protected their liver from hepatic steatosis, from fatty liver, we improved their glycemic control, so we, we lowered their blood sugar, and we very substantially uh, protected them against the development of diabetic neuropathy. Um, development of diabetic neuropathy took us a couple of months of overfeeding these mice, and it was kind of complicated by the fact that they were fat and, and diabetic. So we went into an even more rapidly inducing model of chemotherapy-induced peripheral neuropathy in which we gave female rats um, a tail vein injection of paclitaxel. So this is a a cancer chemotherapy drug which rapidly induces uh, neuropathic pain or neuropathic discomfort in, in these rats. And we were able to show that we could prevent as well as reverse the development of the chemotherapeutic neuropathy in those rats. More recently, we've looked at models of protection against heart failure in mice, and we've seen the same pathways that are altered in human uh, heart failure as we saw in mice. And we've also um, addressed uh, neuroprotection, additional models of neuroprotection with nicotinamide riboside. So we're really excited by what we've seen in uh, animal systems. Of course, in uh, this product that's been developed, so the, the you know, there was an invention in 2004, right? Because it, nicotinamide riboside, it was a known natural product, actually, but it was not known to be a vitamin for human beings. It was thought to be an NAD precursor For a very bizarre form of life called Haemophilus influenza, a flu-causing bacterium, not even a flu-causing virus, but a flu-causing bacterium, which few listeners may have ever heard of. But we showed that there was an NR utilization pathway in yeast, and we found the same genes and enzymes in humans in that 2004 discovery. As well, we found nicotinamide riboside is a natural product that's found in milk. So that uh, intellectual property, that discovery was uh, filed by Dartmouth College, my then employer. As you know, I'm now at the University of Iowa. And um, it was uh, licensed by Chromadex Corporation Uh, for which I now serve as the chief scientific advisor.
1: I just want to go back to the uh, neuropathy that you were talking about. Because a lot of people suffer from neuropathy, whether it's diabetic neuropathy, chemotherapy, induced neuropathy, or idiopathic neuropathy, which is a very large group. In other words, you don't know what the cause is, but you have neuropathy yes yes. is there evidence that this could help all forms of neuropathy in terms of
0: reversal of that condition so um the central mechanism as it is understood that mediates uh neuropathy is what we call axonopathy which is that the long so peripheral nerves are the the longest cells in your body right they extend all the way to your fingertips and the tips of your toes to allow you to to feel things and so there's a cell body that is literally, you know, feet or meters away from the tips of those axons. And it requires a lot of ATP to communicate um, sensation to the tips of the axons and all the way back to the cell body and to the brain. And so there's great what we call bioenergetic bioener- demands. On peripheral nerves, there's a great ATP requirement. There's a great NAD requirement. And there is a gene that, when overexpressed, protects mice against neuropathy. And there's a gene that is required for neuropathy that essentially degrades NAD. So as far as we understand it, the central mechanism of neuropathic damage is degradation of the axon, which has to do with loss of NAD. So we really think that boosting NAD, and this has been done um, now in neurons and in, 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 in my lab, in intact you know, mice and, and rats, is that boosting uh, NAD with, with NR is a potentially very powerful way to protect against neuropathy.
1: And, and to reverse neuropathy from people who've already developed it? Uh,
0: so that's not been tested in, in human beings. But so I, can, the, I can
1: hear people thinking, oh,
0: as I say, it's so common. I know a lot
1: of people with neuropathy, you can perhaps control it with painkillers, but few people have any hope of actually reversing it. And right, going back as to well
0: as getting structural you know, restoration of the nerve as opposed to you know, just pain relief without bringing the the nerve back. Those nerves are there to allow us to feel things. So when, you know, pouring, you know, when making tea, right, if if you touch something that's hot, you're supposed to feel the heat so that you don't grip it and burn yourself. And so um, preservation of nerve function is really the holy grail of neuropathic uh, treatment. Now, I want to circle back to the commercialization question because since um, nicotinamide riboside has been developed as a vitamin, right, as an over-the-counter supplement, um, it's not intended to treat any disease or condition. Yet, all of the animal experiments that we've ever done show that it has much more power on animals that are under severe metabolic stress. So it does much more for the fat and or diabetic mouse or chemotherapy treated mouse or the mouse suffering heart failure or central brain neurodegeneration than for the active healthy mouse that's on a a good chow diet. So we think that in the fullness of time um, with clinical testing, there may be some uh, health and disease indications for nicotinamide riboside. Right now, Uh, It's marketed for wellness, but... um
1: And we'll continue this conversation in just a moment.
0: Hey, quick question for you. Are you someone who wants to be fit, healthy, and happy? And it's marketed as an anti-aging supplement. Well, so anti-aging is a funny word. I was asked how yeah. do you quantify that. Yeah. And I and I and I'm not entirely comfortable with it and it's not a word that I personally uh, use. So um so when um, we started the True Nigin brand, um, we talked about aging better and um, and healthy aging and uh anti-aging sounds like you're opposed to a natural process. We're all aging. I respect my elders. I'm getting to be an elder myself. I'm 56 years old. So I get the, you know, mailings from the AARP. And, you know, I've got nothing against age. You know, I I'm trying to accumulate wisdom and resources and take care of um, you know, my my son and my family and teach students and contribute to the next generation. And so there's nothing wrong with aging. Um, the, the problem is that uh, over time and with uh, the stresses that we encounter in life, we do lose resiliency and we can lose our faculties and we can become a burden to our families rather than providing for our, our families. So um, I think that nicotinamide riboside has got A strong role in promoting healthy aging. Um, It's just, and anti aging is kind of like a search term or a category or a hashtag, but it's not a, a term that I fully endorse or even understand because I don't quite know how to quantify it as a biochemist. Now, if you ask me, you know, does nicotinamide riboside reduce oxidative stress, I can measure that, right? And I can also demonstrate to you that excessive oxidative stress is something that will accelerate aging and damage.
1: And and anti-aging has also that, uh, I think people will, some people will associate it simply with quackery because this is a multi-million, billion-dollar
0: industry globally and growing.
1: And there is a certain amount of quackery
0: in this business. the last thing that I want is... For nicotinamide riboside, which is a remarkable compound, to be called uh, miraculous or magic, or um, you know, to, to to overpromise what it what it does, what this thing does is it repletes or it it, it refills NAD stores. NAD is the central regulator of metabolism, metabolism and NAD based resiliency. Resiliency actually has specific molecular meanings, the ability to repair DNA, the the ability to control oxidative stress is what a biochemist means when she talks about resiliency. So boosting NAD with nicotinamide riboside is a way to maintain resilient, sort of youthful functions. But I try to avoid um, over-promising. I Uh, don't make any claims about people people, um, living longer, but I think uh, being more capable as we age and um, feeling better and being able to stay active in addition to all of the other things that we know that are good like sleeping and eating well and staying physically active, that's a key. So a couple of things I'm curious about. One is dosage.
1: This is relatively young science. And longer-term studies on potential side effects.
0: Right. What 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 have you done? Right. What we've done. So you know, someone had to be the first person to take nicotinamide riboside, and um, that was actually I. So um, you're the very first person. Yes. So um, you know, so we had access to you know nicotinamide riboside before anyone else did. We developed um, what is called. quantitative targeted NAD metabolomics, which means that we can extract blood or extract um, the NAD metabolome, all of the NAD-related compounds from blood from any tissue, and we can separate those compounds, and we can determine on an absolute molar scale how much of each of those compounds there, there are. I knew that we would need to have a fully consented Clinical trial in which we assessed the amount by which people's NAD increased with particular doses of, of nicotinamide riboside. But, you know, we, we needed to establish the methods, we needed to establish what would be the right time course to investigate, and we certainly didn't want to do it if um, it was going to cause some kind of immediate toxicity. So I actually wrote. Uh, an IRB protocol, that's an Institutional Review Board protocol, to my uh, university saying that I was going to consent myself and I was going to take this vitamin and uh, we're going to analyze my blood for NAD levels. And I actually got back a response that said I couldn't give it to anyone else, but that N of one experiment in which I was taking... NR, myself, did not, they uh, claimed, fall under the purview of human subjects research. So I was able to do a pilot experiment on myself in which I took a gram of NR a day for seven days, figure out what the time course was in which the NAD boosted. I actually found something unanticipated from that very first pilot experiment, what's called a biomarker. so a low-abundance metabolite that really spikes up when you take uh, NR that we wouldn't have anticipated that biomarker to, to come up. And then we confirmed uh, using uh, subsequent uh, mouse and human studies that that is a legit finding. But um, after... I was say maybe more crucially to people is how did you feel? Um, right. So um, it's not a stimulant. So it's not... So it, Some people report um, increased uh, cognitive clarity and increased endurance and that they feel more energy. I'm a pretty high-energy, healthy person, so I didn't uh, notice that so much. Once I started uh, taking NR every day, I uh, report uh, that my digestion is better than it than it used to be there are plenty of people that report um uh improved energy and and cognitive function i i don't weigh myself every day and i don't watch what i eat but i did notice over time that um i had uh uh you know lost a couple of inches in in the waistline which was great um and so you did nothing else you didn't
1: change your exercise regime you didn't change your diet at all
0: well so I actually think that there is a positive feedback loop, loop that um, if you're sleeping a little bit better and you're focusing a little bit better and you're going to the expense of taking a supplement that has a non-trivial price point, I mean, I wasn't paying for it, but I think that there is a positive feedback of taking care of yourself and um, uh, so I exercise a lot, um, but I did uh, feel that uh, adding nicotinamide riboside to my morning routine was improving my digestion, improving my sleep, and and probably um, having an effect on my focus as well. Um, and if you weren't the the very first guinea pig in this, what would your reason be for taking it? It's the same reason that people use. Antivirus software on their computer, right? It's it's not the same as buying a faster computer. It's trying to maintain the function, right, and be resistant to viruses and resistant to slowdown and uh, resistant to disruption, because there are a lot of disruptions in life. There's time zone disruption. There's infection. There's um, uh, deadlines that that hit you that make you work. uh, more hours than you would have wanted to. There's late night uh, dinners, there's third glass of wine sometimes. And um, so we all uh, know that uh, these things affect us more in our 40s and 50s than they did in our 20s. And this is strongly correlative to our uh, decline in NAD. We know that NAD metabolism is really under attack by all of these things, including overnutrition and alcohol metabolism and DNA damage. And so one is basically trying to restore resiliency and optimize health. So let's get back to the safety question. Right. And that was
1: fascinating. But on the safety point, especially looking longer term, uh, I presume this is a daily yes. regime that yes. you would do forever. Um, probably probably forever, right. So, so is there science to show that that doesn't have potential negative effects on us, perhaps some sort of uh, interaction with other drugs that we're taking or diet or, or even exercise or uh, lifestyle issues right. that could interact with this intervention?
0: Yeah. Right now, again, because we're in the over-the-counter space, most of the trials have been with so-called Healthy human adults, right? And which means um, BMI up to 29.9, not on uh, medications for high blood pressure and diabetes and so forth. There have been some trials that are initiated for uh, type 2 diabetes and heart failure. Um, uh, We can't talk about uh, results yet. And there's some additional trials. Whose results are going to be made public in, in coming months that say some uh, very important things about common conditions that um, occur in, in Western populations. But the longest trials that have been completed are relatively short trials, you know, eight week trials, 12 week trials. And they don't, now the, the trials that are being done with people that have diseases and conditions. Um, have not shown drug interactions. One thing I want to emphasize is that although a lot of people think that because this is an over-the-counter supplement, it's the Wild West and it's totally unregulated. So Chromadex has actually not taken that approach. So um, Chromadex has two designations from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration for for uh, Niogen, which is the trade name of uh, nicotinamide riboside and True Niagen, which is our, our brand of nicotinamide riboside. The first is New Dietary Ingredient. Um, so it's registered as a new dietary ingredient by the FDA. And it also has a letter um, affirming it as generally regarded as safe. And a lot of this came from the fact that I found it in milk. And anytime that we eat food, we're getting um, whether it's you know animal, vegetable or you know fungal, uh, you know grain or anything else, cellular life has NAD in it. Mm. And so we're breaking down the NAD and these other compounds, NADH, NADP, NADPH, into the vitamin precursors. NR, nicotinamide, nicotinic acid. So NR is essentially in our food supply, or NR equivalence is technically the way I would describe it. By taking NR as a supplement, we're getting maybe the equivalent of a, a stakes worth of additional NAD forming activity in the form of NR, which is the most valuable of the three, uh, B three vitamins without all of the calories um, that we would get by just eating more. Let me ask you this then: you, as we've said, you were the first human guinea pig. Yeah. Do
1: you continue to use this?
0: Yes, I do. Initially, my lab kind of needed my blood as a baseline if we were going to try a new extraction protocol or something like that. So I wasn't staying on uh, daily NR, but it, you know, it, it, you know, it, NR was already a a consumer product, and so I thought it was you know important to be you know one of the the users who who would you know experience it on a daily basis and uh, potentially see see the benefits. And uh, so I've been taking NR for a good. Uh, two or three years now and I asked you, you know, how you feel and
1: and there isn't there isn't something there isn't a headline for you then that you could say wow this is a huge massive definite effect on on me and how I feel every day and my
0: ability to cope with daily lifestyle
1: is that fair to say it's mo- perhaps more of an insurance policy um,
0: there's 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 two or three things that are commonly reported or almost universally reported and um, one way that you know that you're on NR is that fingernails and hair grow faster, so there's more uh, being removed by a, by a razor. Um, some, man,
1: some men are going to wonder, does it cause hair to grow where
0: it once was? I don't think so. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think it restores um, follicles that are kind of not active any longer. Um, Just curious. But, um, yeah, that'd be quite an indication. But um, fingernails grow faster, stronger. Um, Hair uh, grows faster. There's some people that report um, better skin condition. There's a lot of people, as I said, that report um, energy increases. In terms of dosage, the bottle that we sell um, has... 60, 125 milligram capsules as a recommended 30-day supply. So that's a 250 uh, milligram uh, dose. And um, a lot of people did things like um, tried, you know, 500 milligrams when we were traveling and um, to deal with time zone disruption or, you know, maybe after um, an extra drink or two. And I've actually switched over to 500 milligrams per day. Um, There are now, uh, we're in in the process of writing up uh, a study that looked at safety of 100, 300, and 1,000 milligrams of NR per per day for eight weeks. And there are essentially no serious adverse events that um, came up. Um, because there is an FDA registry for true Niagen for this compound, we can track any events that are reported to the FDA and there's really nothing. So this, there are, you know, hundreds of millions of doses that have been taken by U.S. citizens and it's, it's also for sale in Canada, Hong Kong, Macau, and Singapore. And, um, the safety profile is really outstanding.
1: So one question I often ask people is how do you apply the knowledge that you've gained or the science that you've worked on to yourself? Now, you've just explained, and it, it's very obvious in your case, how you apply it to yourself because you're continuing to use this product. So I'm curious about your own attitude towards longevity and and aging and I think you said earlier you've got nothing against aging and and clearly we all age I think for most of it is how we age and whether we can get to 90 or 100 and still be active and have our faculties and physically
0: able to do things
1: Uh, do you have a do you have a plan
0: yeah Um, my plan is to always keep on jumping into the deep end um, of life so in my science um I uh, I always like new things. I always like new challenges. I think that uh, learning new things is a real key to um, healthy aging. And so I try to stay physically active. I try to eat well. Um, Let me just break those two down because they are what we
1: mostly talk about: physicality and, and, and exercise and, and diet. What, what's your exercise regime?
0: Um, I do high intensity interval training. So there's a specific um, gym that I, that I belong to that um, has a heart rate monitor, and we spend uh, some of the time on the rower, some of the time on the, in the weight uh, room, and, and some of the time on, on the treadmill. My uh, running's gotten uh, much better since I, I joined uh, that gym. I um, try not to eat uh, too late at night. I do eat breakfast I know not everybody does and the science and the evidence and that is quite confusing
1: I think recently I think the evidence is maybe more weighted towards towards eating breakfast despite the large numbers of people who are skipping breakfast on on fasting regimes
0: yeah um, I think it's important to get hungry so um, you know um, satiety regulation is a big deal and it it operates both in the brain as well as, I think, in the liver and in digestive tissues. And so there's sort of a time for burning fuel and there's a time for taking in new fuel. And I think if you're constantly taking in new fuel, you lose the ability to, to regulate. That's one of the problems probably with diet sweet beverages is that uh, you develop this taste for for sugar, even if it's not sugar. And um, I think that affects the brain in terms of its desire for hedonistic, uh, you know, inputs. The circadian rhythm,
1: of course, comes into a lot of this. Uh, This is basically what you're describing in terms of not eating too late and perhaps not eating too much sugar late in the day.
0: Right. And it turns out that if you calorie restrict animals, you can maintain better circadian regulation later into their life. We recently published a paper um, with a, uh, a group at, at UC Irvine in which we showed that calorie restriction boosts NAD, it boosts NADP, NR, NMN, it boosts the whole nicotinamide riboside kinase pathway, and um, and there is a circadian regulation to it. So by calorie-restricting an animal, the uh, liver maintains better regulation of gene expression, and we believe that that is maintained by a sh- sharper peaks of NAD. For, I'm just
1: imagining the sort of biohackers listening to this, can we get a test
0: ourselves, a blood test, to tell us what our NAD level is? Um you'd kind of have to submit a sample to my lab because it's it hasn't been reduced to something that is a diagnostic you know that you can get in your local doctor's office That's what I was curious but about, and, yeah. and and i think that what we really want are companion biomarkers because people's uh, baseline nad may vary and it also you know for sure um, varies based upon time of day and what you last ate. But um, companion biomarkers, like markers of oxidative stress, I think are, are, are going to be part of the diagnostic so that when a person um, goes on uh, nicotinamide riboside, not only will they see that they've boosted their blood NAD, but they've lowered their markers of oxidative stress. That's where we, we think the, this thing is going.
1: And where does it go next for you? What, what's the next big project?
0: Right. Um, well, I would say that there's um, two major, well, there's kind of three major priorities in my laboratory. One is in this diagnostic piece of understanding more about um, human NAD metabolism, how um, human the human NAD metabolome, Uh, relates to age and diseases and conditions, finding companion biomarkers that will go down as NAD goes up and as our um, markers of of health uh, improve. Um, Two is trying to translate some of the things that we've done in neuroprotection and and maybe in, in heart failure to the human condition. And third, we have a new program on maternal and neonatal health in which we're seeing some really profound effects on nicotinamide riboside for the female condition. Mm, very interesting. And just in terms of sort of full disclosure
1: issues, you are a, a scientist. Yes. And you've, during this interview, been actually quite conservative and, and very measured in terms of your evaluation of, of this product. Do you have a financial involvement as well?
0: Yes. Yes, I do. So... Um, uh, our intellectual property has been licensed by ChromaDex, um, so it's the the IP um, is owned by Dartmouth. There's some additional intellectual property that was generated at the University of Iowa as well. I'm um, a consultant for ChromaDex. I own stock in, in ChromaDex, but ultimately, you know, um, for for me, the value is is long term in. You know, in the rigor of, of the science, but um, yes, there's a there's a financial connection as and well. And I think
1: you would agree with me. It is always important to have these things out in the open, fully disclosed for the, for the yes. value of the science. Yes, I appreciate that. This has been really interesting. Thank you very much indeed. My pleasure. And just before we go, just a quick reminder that there are lots of ways to listen to us. You can listen to us via TuneIn or Google Play Music or go to the website, which is llamapodcasts.com, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, of course. And if you enjoy what we do, a five-star review at one of those platforms is always very handy to us uh, if you agree with it. And it helps us to move the podcast forward. Many thanks for listening.